Good evening, and welcome to Christmas Eve this year. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Nathan Flaker, and I've been asked to read a few verses for us this evening and also reflect with a few thoughts as well. So the first verse reading from Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Of course, this verse is foretelling the birthplace of Jesus, which we are here tonight to celebrate and consider. The thing I love about the prophecies of the Old Testament and what always amazes me is how things written down 700 years before Jesus' birth ultimately find their fulfillment in that day. In the Gospel of Matthew alone, in the telling of Jesus' birth, There are references to prophecies in Isaiah, Jeremiah, Hosea, Genesis, and of course, the verse I just read from Micah. This is in addition to all the prophecies fulfilled during Jesus' life, ministry, death, and resurrection. 
And probably my favorite part or the most amazing part to me about the Old Testament prophecies is that some of them are fulfilled seemingly even though they are incongruent. They don't fit together. Matthew, in addition to referring to Bethlehem in the verse I just read, also points out that the prophets say the Messiah will come from Nazareth and uh, Egypt as well. Yet God arranges all of these circumstances together. I encourage you to read the Gospel of Matthew, the first two chapters, either tonight or tomorrow morning with yourself or your family, and just look at all the ways that God brings these circumstances together. We can see now on the other side of history how he chose to fulfill these prophecies, and it's incredible to consider. But as you read, you'll most likely notice that not all of the specific events leading to the fulfillment of these prophecies are good. There's fear, doubt, shame, even death. But God used them all to deliver the most important gift of all in human history, the life of our Savior. Now, I don't know what circumstances you might be facing tonight, but I do know that if God can orchestrate the events leading up to Jesus' birth and the use of an insignificant city like Bethlehem, just imagine what he can do in your life as well. And that brings me to the other scripture reading I have for you this evening. As I read this, just let it be an encouragement to you. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. While the first prophecy we read tonight from Micah was fulfilled around 2,000 years ago with the birth of Jesus, we still anticipate his return and second coming today. Just as Israel was waiting for their Messiah, we wait for the day that Jesus makes his return and God makes all things right. We long for the time when, as we just read, the increase of his government and peace will be unending. We see what's going on in the world today, our culture, our country, and we yearn for peace, justice, and the fulfillment of righteousness. And these things are coming. Maybe you needed to hear this tonight or be reminded of this. Be encouraged this Christmas season that just as Jesus came to Israel and ultimately the whole world at his birth, he will come again. And any situation or circumstance you're dealing with right now, not only can God use it, like he used small insignificant Bethlehem, but he will also ultimately make that circumstance right. May the peace and joy of this season and the birth and prophesied return of our Savior resonate with you through the reading of his word this evening. In light of what we just heard, would you stand and join us in worship to our Lord this evening? Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King Peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconcile. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King Christ by highest Christ by highest heaven adored Christ the everlasting Lord Laid in time Behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb. Building. 
flesh the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Pleased is man with man to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn King. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and light to all He brings. Risen with healing in His wings. Mild He lays His glory by. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn Lord. 
Thank you, and you can be seated this afternoon for the reading of Luke chapter 2 as we reflect upon the birth story of our Lord and Savior Jesus. I'll be reading Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20 from the English Standard Version Bible. Verse 1 says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is a poem called A Christmas Blessing. And as I read this, I want you to think about which of these verses applies to you and how you have been impacted by a baby that was born so very long ago. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men was the angel's song. It is these sweet assurances for which our souls do long. To know the love of heaven above and to have peace within our heart completes the task that Christ the Son desires to impart. So today I come to bless you, his child, in his matchless name, and ask him now to give to you impartations of the same. To you today, whose spirit isn't peaceful in the least, 
I pray that God's true love for you would grant you perfect peace. For he did not spare his only son to snatch you from the grave. Rest assured this, this Christmas Eve, your eternal soul is saved. For those this Eve whose Christmas cheer is overcome with grief, I pray tonight God's spirit sweet would grant you to, to relief. To the lonely one whose Christmas time is all but solitary, I ask that God would remind you now that tis but momentary. For God can be for you the one who stays closer than a brother, and he can make the heart aright like sister, father, mother. And for those today whose revelries will last for days on end, whose gatherings and family fun their calendars will lend, I pray that God would make of you his ministers and priests, whose gatherings and family fun their... Oh, <laughs> to bring the light of Christ, Christ the Son to the greatest and the least. For God's gift of Christ was joy and peace to be for all the people. So let them flow from us today who gather neath his steeple. For to shepherds first did he proclaim the Savior child's birth. They went and praised and sang and shared their newfound heart of mirth. So let us go praise and sing and share this joy and then allow the Lord to grant his peace and save the souls of men. Would you join us in a few more carols this evening? Please stand. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, oh, hear the angel voices, oh, was born oh night oh holy night oh night divine for true In 
grateful chorus raise we let all within us praise his holy name christ is the lord to human hearts 
the blessing of his heaven no ear may hear his coming but in this world of sin where meek souls still receive him still the dear Christ enters in oh holy child of Bethlehem descend to us we pray cast out our sin and enter in be The great glad tidings tell. Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord Thank you, and you may be seated. Well, my name is Otto Ramos. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and it's uh, my great privilege to offer a few thoughts of reflection on the birth story of our Lord Jesus, as it was read just a moment ago, in accordance with Luke chapter 2. It's truly an honor to gather with you uh, this afternoon to worship the Lord Jesus, because just think of it, the reason we gather here, the reason we Uh, come together is to reflect upon the move of God that occurred 2,000 years ago, a movement of God that was defined by him entering into this world as a baby born in a manger. I have to admit to you, it's an amazing thing for me to wrap my mind around this miracle that God did, a miracle defined by God putting on human flesh, living a human life to reconnect human beings to himself. I love the way the Apostle Paul put this in 2 Corinthians 5. He says, all this comes from God, referring to Jesus, who settled the relationship between us and him. God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, who is Jesus, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. Well, it was over 30 years ago when God did a work in my life to settle my relationship with him, to give me a fresh start. I was a teenager, completely full of myself, and I still remember thinking to myself, why would God want to have anything to do with me? I am in no state of mind or heart to understand what God is trying to show me and reveal to me, but he showed me anyways. And the more I came to understand the scriptures, the more I realized that God is always working in the lives of many, regardless of their spiritual condition. So may I remind you today that The reason Jesus came into this world is to settle things between us and God. And the mere fact that I stand before you today is a miracle in and of itself. And so the miraculous birth of Jesus was but a foreshadowing of how he would work in your life, in mine, 
and in the world around us. Because God is always up to something. And he always will work in so many different ways to convey his message to you and to me. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 17, My Father in heaven is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. And so the birth story of Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 2 gives us another glimpse of how God uses this moment to work his plan. A plan that is defined by two main themes, a revelation and the response to that revelation. First, let's look at the revelation. The revelation. God reveals himself to shepherds in Luke chapter 2 who were watching over their flocks of sheep by night. It says in verses 8 and 9, let me remind you of what it says. It says, in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Now, did you notice the emphasis was put upon these shepherds? It says in reference to these shepherds, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. The revelation that God was downloading was about them, these shepherds. Have you ever considered why them? Why these shepherds? I mean, did they have a special connection with God? Were they out there in the pasture fasting, praying while tending the sheep? Did they do something unique to receive this favor with God? Well, we don't really know, and I had to do some research this week to find a little more out about these, about these shepherds. And did you know that shepherds actually were regarded as social outcasts? They had no rank in society. They were not well-known leaders. None of them were esteemed academics, esteemed politicians, or military leaders. In fact, one author said the Jewish leaders actually often would criticize shepherds because of the nature of their work, which meant that they couldn't always keep the religious rules that were put upon them. And so these shepherds were not the kind of people that were respectable and key influencers in their society. In fact, some think quite the opposite. They were rather insignificant people. Well, these insignificant shepherds are the first to hear This news about Jesus when they are told in verses 11 and following, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And then suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Can you imagine this moment? These unknown and unpopular, no-name shepherds receive a revelation about what God is doing. Now, even though they were not well-known, these shepherds knew some things about the God of the Bible. See, they had a connection to God because the shepherds were overseers of sheep, that were prepared for temple sacrifice in the Jewish religion. Therefore, they likely did know about a promised Savior and Messiah that was spoken about from the Jewish Bible because of the work that they did. I love what one author had to say about this moment in Scripture. He defined it very well when he said, it was their job to prepare the sheep for Passover and other Jewish ceremonies. Then out of nowhere, breaking the silent night, an angel from heaven appears to them with an update to the Jewish law. Though the shepherds probably weren't fully aware of what was happening, the angel was hand-delivering a message telling them the time for animal sacrifice was nearly over, and they were the first to know. And so for these shepherds, this revelation was profound. 
because God was bringing the details of his story together for them. A story that Jesus, the Savior of the world, had been born and God wanted them to know about it. Now, one of my most favorite verses in the phrases, rather, in this entire story is captured in verse 11 when it says, and you know it well, for unto you. You see, this revelation was personal. This was for them, the shepherds, the social outcasts and nobodies. This revelation about what God had done was a personal message to them. And that is why it says, unto you. You see, some of you are here this afternoon, and you might be thinking, this story really isn't for me. This is for others. And may I say to you what was spoken to these shepherds, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, because you are the one to whom God wants to reveal this most important news. You are the one that God is seemingly drawing to himself. You are the one, in spite of your doubts, in spite of your insecurities and fears, God is revealing and reminding you of this most important story in human history. Well, we know that these shepherds had some feelings and thoughts when this revelation came to them. In fact, we read of their response in this story, and it was indeed fear. It was fear. But God moves in close in spite of the fear. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, it says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. You see, God knows our fears when he comes to us. And I think that is why this story is so powerful. Because God reveals himself to these unlikely people whose natural human response is insecurity and fear. Well, we know that God worked in the hearts of these shepherds. He must have. Because they take action on what God revealed to them in spite of their fear. Because look again, uh, once again, at what it says in verse 15. It says, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And so they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. What a moment. You see, the thing that they were told is now confirmed when they see what God told them they would see. This was no longer just a revelation. It's a lived experience that is now verified. Because when God reveals himself, God does it to verify that he is true, that he can be trusted to confirm that he is real. And he does this because he wants to initiate a response, which leads to our next observation in this story, the response. Look at the response to how others responded to the shepherd's revelation. In verse 17, it says, And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. Here's the response in verse 18. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Isn't that such a normal human response? When something big like this happens, as human beings, we think about it and we try to make sense of it. And we think to ourselves, could this be the activity of God? Could this be God moving in my life? Have you ever had one of those moments? A moment where you're amazed at how somehow God brings all of the details of our life together only in a way that God could. Well, I really love what the Bible says Mary did. Because it says she pondered these things In her heart. See, this word pondered in the original Greek language is in a verb tense known as the aorist tense, which means it's something that happened in a moment, but it wasn't static. It happened and then it continued over 
and over and over again. This was Mary pondering what had just happened. You see, as a Jewish woman, I am sure Mary was pondering the immensity and hugeness of this moment. I am sure that as a Jewish woman, she was thinking about what her Jewish Bible said about Jesus. I have to imagine that she was thinking that for centuries, this moment that she was experiencing had been foretold. And I'm sure she was thinking about how the life of Jesus would culminate and be defined by what Isaiah said in chapter 53 when he said about Jesus, he said, we're all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost and we've all done our own thing and gone our own way. And God has piled all of our sins, everything we've done wrong, on him. Still, it's what God had in mind all along to crush him with pain The plan was that he'd give himself as an offering for sin so that he'd see life come from it. Life, life, and more life. You see, that is what Mary respond, that is what made Mary respond in the way that she did. She understood the meaning of this moment. And these shepherds showed up to confirm to Mary that this indeed was God moving and that this was God's plan. So I close this afternoon with a few thoughtful questions, and they are these. Have you pondered lately about what God did in this moment in history? Have you pondered the fact that God came into this world, born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit? Have you pondered the fact that God lived among us? He advocated for the forgotten, the hurt, the criticized. And he was very, very critical of the pretentious and the powerful. Have you pondered the fact that God, through the person of Jesus, was falsely condemned, crucified, as he became the perfect sacrifice for the sins of the world. Have you pondered the fact that God did this for you? See, I trust that God wanted us to know this story about the shepherds so that we could find ourselves in it, that we might understand the significance of this moment. Because I think these shepherds really did understand the significance of this moment. And their response was what we read about in verse 20 when it says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. So may you also return to your homes and families this Christmas doing the same glorifying and giving praise to God for what you have heard and seen in this story today. Let's pray. Father God, we are here this afternoon to respond to what you have revealed to us. We glorify you and we honor you for what you did 2,000 years ago. For in the middle of the night, your glory shined to reveal to the shepherds a story that is echoed for centuries after. For us, we resonate with it, and we hear you speaking to us through this story, and may you continue to give us the faith that we need to respond to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you please stand? It's time for a tradition that we celebrate every year here at Victory Life Church, which is our candle lighting. In a moment... I'm going to have the tech crew bring off our stage lights, and they're also going to bring off our house lights after we make some movements here around the room. But what we do is we sing Silent Night together, and Pastor Otto will begin by lighting his candle and sending it both directions, and Pastor Jody will also start in the back of the room by lighting her candle up here and sending it in both directions. So if you would, would you please make your way to the outside of the room right now 
to make a circle. As you do, we'll begin singing and the lights will come down. In John chapter 1, John describes Jesus this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Let's pray. Father in heaven, 
Thank you for sending Jesus into this world who is the light in the midst of darkness. May you enable us to shine our lights to the world around us and spread the joy that you have given us during this time of Christmas. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Well, thank you for coming to this Christmas Eve service. This does now conclude our time together. So you may blow out your candles and dispose of them as you depart. And I wish each and all of you a very Merry Christmas. Thank you.